Welcome to the B-Side Podcast, dedicated to sharing flip side stories in country music, concerts, and travel. Your hosts, Stacy and Andy Best, take you behind the scenes to meet the amazing team that supports your current favorite country artists and introduce you to new up-and-coming artists. You'll meet a cast of incredible friends Stacy and Andy have encountered during their adventures following the music, and you'll be entertained with their extraordinary backstories. We're glad you're here and hope you enjoy this episode of the B-Side Podcast. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. We're so excited about our guest today. The main reason Andy and I started this podcast is because we're so interested in talking to the talent behind the talent, hearing their stories and how their role supports the artists on stage. Today, we're so happy to have Cole Hillman with us. He's a bus driver for artists that I'm sure you know, such as Luke Combs, Lady A, Nico Moon, Machine Gun Kelly, Collective Soul, Ex-Ambassadors, and Hannah Dasher. Thank you, Cole, so much for being with us today. Like I said, we just cannot wait. Hand claps. Slow clap, all the things. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yes, we we can't wait to hear all about what you do. How how did you end up driving a bus for Luke Combs at the end of the day? Uh, so I'm sixth generation, uh, Florida native, uh, family founded, uh, a little town there called Lithia Springs and uh, just outside of Tampa area, pretty much my whole life born and, you know, born and raised there and didn't really venture out, you know, other than going to school at university of Florida up in Gainesville, a couple hours away, uh, till I was, you know, in my thirties, I was a uh, director of marketing for a uh, heavy machinery crane company. Uh, I loved what I did. I I started to get really bored. I I left that company and went and I worked for an environmental company doing marketing as well. But again, I just got, I, I became really bored. And as I was with that company, they got bought out by a company overseas and they came in and let the entire marketing department go in one fell swoop. So there was like 35 of us, including the vice president who was there 19 years. So 30 something years old, 32 years old, it was like, what do I do? Who wants to hire, you know, some guy that's 32 years old making six figures. They want to, they want to find some, you know, 18 year old kid that they can pay, you know, eight, $10 an hour to do. So the time my wife asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, I want to be a truck driver. And she's like, you want to what? <laughs> I said, I want to be a truck driver. I said, I've always wanted to drive a truck, but my dad wouldn't let me and I had to go to college. So, and she's like, she just kind of rolled her eyes and was like, all right, fine, you know, do whatever. And uh, so I went to truck driving school and three weeks later I was a truck driver. And a lot easier uh, than going to college. <laughs> <laughs> Actually it's a lot harder, but uh, a lot, a lot faster track. Right. Um, and so I got on with Miller Coors on one of their dedicated accounts. And so I was based out of Golden, Colorado. And for, you know, this sixth generation Florida boy who's who'd never really, you know, seen much of snow or anything. Now, February is in Golden, Colorado and headed out I-70 uh, westbound with 80,000 pounds of beer uh, <laughs> on my first run. Uh, it was I can tell you when I got down off of I-70, when we finally made it down off the mountain, I literally got out of the truck and I kissed the ground. 
my trainer thought I was insane, but I thought I was going to die, literally. And it was icy and it was chain control and it was awful. But I loved it. I loved every second of it. I stayed with them for almost two years. And I met by chance a guy in a truck stop in Indianapolis when I was waiting to, for a friend of mine who used to live in Tampa to pick me up for dinner. He called and said he'd be a little late. So I went in and did my laundry. And this guy walks up to me and says, Hey, are you a truck driver? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> and he's like, Can I ask you a question? And normally I'm just sure. Yeah. You know, and I was really grumpy for some reason. I was just like, you already did. And I was like, oh, that came out of my mouth. <laughs> and and uh, he's like, and I remember the look on his face. He was really taken back. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And he's, I said, what can I help you with? And uh, he goes, which one of these is the best uh, GPS? And I said, are you a new driver? And he says, I am. And I said, okay, well, I'm a trainer. Because at this point, I'm now training new drivers. So I said, you're in luck. I've, I just researched you know, for about two months. This is the one I picked. This is why. And we talked for about a half hour and I said, give me your email address and I'll give you a list of stuff that I have on my students keep with them at all times. Now, mind you, other than when he said to me, are you a, a truck driver is really the only time we ever said truck or anything. So during this like half hour conversation uh, at the end, he's like, cool. Do you think there's anything else I'll need for the bus? And I was like, bus. <laughs> uh, so I thought you truck driver he goes no man I'm driving buses for bands you know and I was like what I was like I've always wanted to do that he's like oh my god I would hire you in an instant he's like you'd be perfect and he's like I own a limo company here in uh Indy and the late one of my friends has driven Gladys Knight for the last 20 years and she has been after me for about five years to come and do it and I finally told her yes and he's like but you would be perfect He's like, exactly what we need. And um, so we exchanged phone numbers and I honestly never thought I'd hear from him ever again. But before I walked even out to my truck, uh, this lady had called me and said, well, I guess Scott pretty much hired you. Uh, you know, is this something you really want to do? And I was like, yes. Oh my God. I said, uh, I had friends that had a band, you know, when I was in high school and, and just out of school and said, you guys ever make it big, I want to be your bus driver. I said, I, you know, always remember telling them that when I was like 19, 20 years old, of course they never made it big. So, I, you know, but uh, yeah, so she, she called me and um, she's like, you need your class A with passenger endorsement. And I said, well, I don't have my passenger endorsement. She goes, as soon as you get that, you call me back. And I said, okay. So I went round and round for the next couple of weeks with uh, the state of Florida about trying to get a passenger endorsement. Come to find out I already had one from 1997 when I had driven trams uh, at Bush Gardens during a summer break. So I was able to go in, paid my seven bucks. I put it on my license. I was good to go. I called her. Uh, she's like, when's the next time you're through Nashville? I was like, you tell me I'll, I'll route myself that way. So I did like a week later, we met, I got in the bus. We went in for a ride in the bus. She had me back it into the Opry. Uh, and that's it. And she's like, all right, let me know when you're available. I'm like, now? <laughs> so literally like two weeks later, I put in my notice and then I was out on a tour a couple of weeks after that. And the rest is kind of history. And I got, I, got I know, <laughs> this is incredible. So incredible. Number, number and, one is, how many bus or truck drivers have a marketing degree from college? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's I great. mean, that's a legitimate question. Like mm -hmm. who changes their, a 
sounds like a successful marketing career. Right. He says, I'm going to do a total 180 and drive yeah. buses or trucks. And, and that's the thing. Like I was really good at what I did and sought after marketing. Like I, in my life, um, and I'm 46 years old right now, I have never once filled out an application for a job. Uh, so every job I've ever worked at has sought, has found me and said, we want you. Um, and still to this day, even the company that I'm at now, uh, which is called Musical Coaches, is the same thing. I've, you know, they, they sought me out. I had seven companies here in Nashville courting me over these last couple of months, literally fighting over me. So I worked for a company in Florida for the last uh, four and a half years, five years called Haljo. And we ended up selling all of our buses to a company up here, Night Train, one, because of the pandemic and two, just you know, some other things. But when Amber found me, the lady on Haljo, um, it took her four months to get my contact information uh, from different tour managers and stuff. She had put out a thing saying, hey, we, you know, we're looking for some good drivers. Do you guys know of any? And they're all like, yeah, Cole, Coleslaw, you know, here. And she's like, well, can I get his information? And they're like, mm, we're not allowed to give it out. She's like, so you are literally, <laughs> so literally for like three months she like hunted me down and finally when she called me I was like who's this how'd you get my number you know and uh, she's like I'm trying to offer you a job and I was like I'm sorry who are you and uh like I was kind of rude with her at first and like literally now she's like my sister and but we talked for like three and a half hours and she hired me within the first 15 minutes She's like, I already knew before I called you that I was hiring you. So just. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So it was great, you know, being the big fish there, um, you know, for those, for that time. And then now it's kind of, it's kind of weird moving into this situation up here that you still come in very wanted. Like, you know, they searched you out, but you know, you're still around like, you know, now you kind of start at the, the bottom again and have to just be quiet for a little while and, you know, work your way up and let's, uh, let your work do the talking so it, it's been interesting to say the least uh, the last uh, last two months like we've just done a couple one-off shows here and there uh once a week so you know we're just we're getting in the groove but you know i love the guys here that i'm working with now so so the company you were working for in florida sold their buses during the pandemic so now you work for the company that bought the buses uh no not the one that oh. bought the buses they oh. died yeah they tried to get me. They called me. They're like, so you want your old bus back? I'm like, no. And I had the newest brand new bus there. And I was like, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> like, well, what are you offering? Uh, but no, I had, uh, like I said, seven different companies up here, you know, that were just, uh, I mean, uh, it's gone to crazy. Like, you know, one of the companies up here is offering $500 a day for drivers, plus, plus, plus. It, it's a six-figure year job uh, very easily. And um you know, especially if you, if you go out, uh, but a lot of what Nashville does is weekend warrior stuff. So you're back home every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which I'm still kind of, it's weird. It's kind of getting used to. I like being out. I like being gone. Um, most of the time I'm gone 340 days a year. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's it. That brings that's up it. another question I had in my brain. So yeah, usually okay. concerts are over the weekend and you're back at home yeah. during the weekday most of the time as a bus driver you're out with the bus are you driving the bus all the way back to nashville no matter where you're at in the country so with nashville stuff 
with a lot of Nashville stuff, yes, and it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know why they do it that way. I mean, I've been on shows where we've been literally in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, which is like, I, I don't know, 12, 1300 miles out, uh, you know, at least a good 12, 14 hour drive. And they'll be like, all right, we're going to drive home. What? Okay. <laughs> Our show's in New York City Saturday. You know, this is sun. Why are we, you know, if people want to fly home, fly them home. Why don't you just, you know, it costs more to fly in another driver because we can only drive for, you know, certain hours. And, you know, then you're going to pay me, you know, three times my daily rate because I'm going to drive 600 miles. And it's ridiculous when the money you think about that they would save if they just, you know, advance the buses and, but I don't know. Yeah. You would think I, the, uh, the that's about my pay grade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you think the tour equipment goes on, right? It doesn't fly back to Nashville and sit for right. Yeah. Three or four days. You know, the truck drivers will just go on and just hang out and sit. So, yeah. but I don't know with the buses, it's, it's weird too, but like, you know, say like I'm on, you know, the ex ambassador tour, you know, we, like I would leave, January and I wasn't home again until you know May so and, and you know if I and you're paid wow. for every day that you're out there mm-hmm. and you know which is nice so you know but like these you know you're only paid for the days you're out there so it's still I'm still kind of you know weighing it out too because um well I like doing you know I really love the tour that I'm on. It was kind of, you know, like, this is like, you know, kind of dream tour to be on, you know, will this at the end of the day pay all the bills? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things to uh, something I learned a long time ago, a guy by the name of Bobby Barrett, who's kind of a legend in this uh, industry uh, told me a long time ago, he says, it doesn't matter if it's the white house or the shit house, if they're good to you and they pay their bills doesn't matter who you drive, because if you only drive for the people that you like, you won't go far in this industry. And those words, you know, have, have rung true for me more, more times than not. 2020, I was on a political tour and really? I hate political tour. I hate politics to begin with. You know, it's, it's such a, a sore subject with everybody, you know, it's such a divider. And what a year and, to do that, right? What a right. year. <laughs> I knew about the tour six months prior. Uh, my boss in Florida was like, I have the perfect tour for you. You're going to be gone an entire year. And uh, she's like, it's a guaranteed amount. You're, it, it's perfect for you. And I'm like, I don't want it. She's like, no, I want you to have it. It's great. And I said, I don't want it. I, you know, I said, I threw the last political, like I literally had an awful and I threw them off like, two weeks into the tour and she's like just think about it and literally up until like two weeks before I was supposed to leave I hadn't made a commitment yet so uh, that December 2019 I was still like I don't want to do this I don't and she's like can you just trust me she's like well you meet Doug the guy who's in charge and if you don't like him after you meet Doug then I won't bother you again and I was like fine so I met Doug and I was like all right fine I'll do the tour um (laughs) And I left December 30th, 2019, and I wasn't supposed to be home until uh, November 17th of 2020. We obviously, March 12th came along and the whole world shut down. And we happened to be in Florida at that point. 
so yeah, I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know what to do because 2019 I had bought property to build a house and this tour was going to pay for my house. So Mm -hmm. I put everything in storage and got rid of my apartment. And I technically was homeless (laughs) when March 12th came around. So I called and was like, hey, can I um can I live in the bus for like two weeks? I don't know what to do. <laughs> and of course we all thought it was only gonna be two weeks. So uh yeah, they're like, yeah, sure. But I ended up staying in the bus for like a month until I figure out what to do. And <laughs> well, a question about that though. So when were you able to pick okay. that tour back up? I mean, I would think if any bus was out on the road during those still scary months, I guess, during the pandemic when concerts weren't happening and other things were not going on, were you able to get back on um, with that same political tour? Oh yeah. So we ended up going back out August 9th. Let me tell you, it was insane. I mean, there was places like we couldn't eat for a couple of days because, you know, it was like you couldn't go to any restaurants or the hotels that we would stop at, like weren't serving any kind of breakfast, weren't even doing like grab and goes or whatever. You know, and it was just, it was, it was crazy. It was like, you know, post-apocalyptic almost, you know, so um, weird. Now, when I first got home after that, I got COVID. I had, I was COVID for 49 days and almost died. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was insane. Uh, I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. Literally every day I thought I was going to die. Like, I remember laying in bed and being like, is this it? Is this, is this how it ends? You know, because then you'd watch, you'd watch things like Joe Diffie, you know, who was fine. And literally, you know, like a picture on social media going, hey, I guess I'm a teacher to 12 kids today. And literally a week later, he's dead. And I'm like, is this, mm-hmm. is this how it ends? You know, my doctor, who's amazing, who also happens to be one of the research scientists for the Moderna vaccine came and saw me we like she suited up and she's like all right kiddo this is what we're gonna do she got me on a regimen of different medicines that you know she's like you're not gonna take these how you normally would you're gonna do this and this and this and literally like eight days later after she had me on all this stuff I was 180 100% better and I hopped in a semi truck and I started delivering uh, meat so you know just running meat back and forth basically from Iowa to Florida you know, no hours of service because they wanted to get as much food and stuff as they could. Right. But even then, like the first two or three days out on the trucks, like you couldn't eat. I mean, I had no food for like three days because none of the truck stop restaurants were open. You know, you couldn't, there was right. no food on the shelves in there. Like, I mean, I remember I literally like had to stop at a Walmart and go get bread and like peanut butter and jelly. And that's what I lived on for like a week until I could get back home. And had some roommates go and get food for me so that I could take to the truck with me every week. Because they're just really, you couldn't, they weren't serving people. You know, you couldn't go through a drive-through. They wouldn't let anybody in. And if you, you know, a truck pulled in, they wouldn't serve us through the drive-through. I mean, I remember literally like trying to, you know, bribe this lady with 20 bucks to just get me food through the (laughs) drive-through. Right. Because, you know, the world was ending and nobody wanted to talk to anybody or Matt, you know, like, you know, don't talk to me, no. So, yeah, it was a little difficult there at first, but we got back out there and they changed up how they were doing things and um, it ended up working, you know, very well. What a great group of people. Uh, They were called Vote Common Good, nonpartisan, uh, just a bunch of faith leaders, Um, crazy, crazy people, (laughs) crazy faith leaders. Uh, 
one guy's the head of like the Franciscan nuns for the Catholic Church. Um, and he teaches the these group, these ladies. Have you ever heard it's called nuns on a bus? I have actually heard of okay, this. Okay, so he he is the guy that goes out there with the nuns on the bus and teaches them how to get arrested at these protests. <laughs> I mean, what? seriously, the group of they, people, they, they don't know how to do it, probably. They right. don't know what to do. It, it's such an eclectic group of people that was on this bus that was just, uh, I mean, just blown, I mean, blown away. They were just amazing. They, they took such good care of me. Um, literally, like the second day of the tour, they handed me an American Express with my name on it. So just get what you need and you know, take care of stuff. And, you know, to this day, I, you know, I was in Minneapolis last weekend on a festival with Luke and I called up Doug, who's the guy that runs it. And I'm like, Hey, I'm here in town. You know, you want to go grab dinner? He's like, Oh, I'm in New York or we totally would, you know? So it's, it's just like, you know, you, you become friends. Uh, and some of these people literally become family to you. Yeah. Um, you know, you have your, their lives, in your hands every night. I've always said, even, you know, when I first started doing this, you know, the bus driver is the most important person on this tour. They have anywhere, you know, from one to 12 people's lives, you know, in their hands every night. And, you know, 99% of us take that really seriously. There's a few crazy ones out there that, you know, we're, we weed out, but, you know, that's, that's something really serious that, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people, realize the you know responsibility that we have is to get these people there safe huge yeah you know every night because we sleep during the day you know while everybody's out partying and you know having a good time you know we're at the hotel sleeping and you know we come back and you know they've worked all day they get on the bus they want to go to bed you know we need to get them there safe and sound so they can you know get set up for the next day so yeah. Um, I think Stacey and I said that. I think the bus driver is probably the most important. Yes, it is. It is. You got the off hours, right? You're driving through the middle of the night, got to get to the destination. Yeah. Get everybody there safely. Not only that, but I feel like what you're talking about earlier, staying on a schedule and you just kind of continue on to the next city or the next concert or whatever, instead of coming back to Nashville. Because I feel like if I went back to Nashville, and with everyone around me, I'd want to get back on a different schedule. And then that's probably hard on you to yeah. kind of flip well, flop. I don't, I don't sleep to begin with. So it's a great job for me. I've, I've <laughs> kind of on the act. You know, so that was kind of like the rolling joke when I, you know, very first started doing this. Like, oh my God, it's perfect. You never sleep anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm the one that's posting at 4 a.m. on Facebook, like, who's awake? Who's back on club with me? <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it works. It's always been, you know, I don't sleep. So, and this, the political tour was a day driving thing. So talk about crazy, you know, oh. so for 10 years I had driven at night and now all of a sudden I'm di driving the daytime. I'm like, you know, two o'clock, two, three o'clock every day came along and I'm like, somebody get me a Red Bull. <laughs> I'm so like, start I the party. I, I got to stay awake. I imagine it had to be a great uh, well, bus uh, gig. Cause I was going to say, well, you know, they're not really partying, but the other comment I was going to make is with Doug is like, that's so funny. How do I get nuns arrested? I mean, <laughs> can we go back to that for a second? <laughs> that might be crazier than driving any oh. rock band or country artists around the country is the being band. with them. You thought this would be like, Andy, you tamest, have to look it up. You got to look up. You got to look it up. 
it's, job I'm going to have outside of the entertainment industry. I'm yeah, driving. It's, it's it's insane. Like I, I remember calling my boss four or five to Amber being like, what did you get me into? And she's like, what do you mean now? And I'm like, oh God. I'm like, you just don't even know. I'm like, I'm like, there's these crazy old ladies on my bus, you know? And then, so what was really cool too is the nuns blessed the bus and uh oh yeah i mean and i'm telling you these these are like nuns that you you know would probably like you know beat your ass kind of thing you know they're wearing sneakers and their little you know nun habit things and they're just dancing around drinking wine having a blast <laughs> and uh i mean probably harder than the artists do I know, right <laughs> Well, Patrick, the guy that's had on, like, I remember at 8 a.m. in the morning, he popped this bottle of red wine and he was sitting up front with me. And I said, are you drinking wine? And he goes, yeah, you want some? I said, I'm driving. <laughs> the like, bus. Oh, 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 sorry, Cole. I'm like, it's Patrick. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> like, like I said, you know, any and all politics aside with that, they were just an amazing group of humans mm -hmm. and I was just really proud to be a part of uh, getting them from where they needed to go. So, and again, it all stems back to the, it doesn't matter if it's the white house or the shit house, yeah. uh, they take good care of you. And, and that really is because I have worked for artists who have treated me like shit. Uh, you know, that we, me and another driver were out on a tour and, you know, literally we wouldn't have peed on them if they were on fire. I mean, you know, it's just one of those, you know, did you forget who gets you there safely every night? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget uh, this one guy I drive with, I used to drive with Howard. He's about six, eight. His, his arms are like the size of my thighs. <laughs> and, uh, we call him the tree. And uh, this guy, this tour manager was just being a total jerk to both of us. And, uh, he said something to Howard and Howard looked at him dead in the eye and said, I'm sorry, you fell out of your bunk later tonight. <laughs> and the guy just looked at him. He goes, what? He goes, you heard me and walked away. And I was like, cool. All right. <laughs> Yikes. You know, and he was, and Howard wasn't playing man either. He's like, and, and I saw him swerving back there. I said, uh, anybody fall out of bunk yet? He goes, I hope so. You know I mean? It's, just one of those, it's like, you don't want to piss off your driver. Yeah, that's no, true. Now, question for you, Cole. So who do you usually work with? So do the, the artist camp, do they mm -hmm. align with a bus company and then the company then, you know, kind of chooses, handpicks the right fit driver for, for the job. And then once you're on the job, who is your main contact out on the road? So main contract out on the road, we have a tour manager is mm -hmm. who everything kind of flows through. And if it's a multiple bus tour, then you have like a lead driver or a liaison. Now we have currently six buses on this tour. Uh, starting next week, we'll have eight on this tour. And so basically Larry, who drives Luke, is kind of like our lead go-to guy. And then uh, Brad, who drives the tour manager on this, is kind of like our liaison. So like anything that we need or whatever, we go and we tell Brad and Brad tells Larry and Larry will get it either from management or whatnot. Like we'll do all our pay sheets and whatnot through that way. Um, but each bus also has what's called a bus mom. 
So they designate one person who is responsible for buying bus stock, getting the things that we need, um, you know, making sure that everybody's on the bus, you know, like they'll be the last one sitting up. Like if everybody's in bed, when I get there to the bus, uh, they'll leave a note on my seat that says we're a bus or you know, everybody's here or missing two or whatever. And that's just kind of their responsibility. And then if the bus needs anything, you know, just let them know and they'll get it. So yeah, that's kind of cool. I want to be the bus mom. Bus mom, you go watch the concert, then go shopping. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's I that has to be a really important piece of all this because I always wonder. Who's like, yeah, who's sleeping? Do we have extra people on the bus? I don't know. Do we have not enough people? Do we have extra people? Hey, I said this question the other day and she thought it was silly, but I'm like, you ever like everybody's on the bus, everybody's on, you go and you go to the next city and go, who's that? The body on this bus. Like, <laughs> where did that person come from? Or they're like, what city are we in? I, I wasn't even supposed to be on this bus. So we, I've had before where we've had extras. Uh, <laughs> so I was driving uh, Jared Neiman and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> great guy, by the way, great, great guy. And uh, <laughs> about oh, 30, 40 minutes into the ride, it came up and uh, oh, uh, we, we didn't realize the bus was moving. We were, we were watching a movie back there. And I said, <laughs> The nice try that TV's been broke for two weeks. <laughs> and he just laughed and smiled and said, mm-hmm. he goes, can we go back? I said, All right. <laughs> we had to bring somebody back. Uh, okay, this is my favorite story. Yeah, see, I told you it had to he said the extras might not, yeah, what you said was the extras might not realize and they wake up the next morning wondering where they are. I'm like, the no, extras, they know exactly. Them, not the guests of the bus. The extra, you know, we're over by two instead of under by two. Of course, course they know back. what they're doing and they know the bus is leaving and they don't care. We'll that's just what I'm going to play another way back. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Like, oh, we were really into the movie and didn't realize the bus was moving. No, hmm. the TV doesn't work <laughs> back there. <laughs> that's good so most major artists that you've driven have their own bus with their own let's say family or any persons they want on their bus and then you probably have a bus for the rest of the band is that how it usually works and then it sounds like the manager has its own bus yeah so like uh like this tour like luke has his own bus that's his bus his manager cappy has his own bus that he sometimes shares with uh, smaller artists that uh, are maybe out with us so they don't have to get a van or something of that nature yeah. like uh, Drew Parker's been out with them uh, how big are they how big of the manager hey uh, we got 12 bucks but uh, I I just don't want to be with it <laughs> well and that's the thing is some of the buses so like Luke's bus isn't a bunk bus right uh, his I think has four bunks um, his, his has got is what's called a star car so there's you know, a bedroom in the back and, and there's different configurations. So like our band bus, it's a bunk bus, but they, they do what's, con, what's called condoing. So instead of 12 smaller bunks, it's six very large bunks. Yeah. And then, you know, your crew buses have the 12 and the management and stuff. So they, like my bus, I drive the crew. Uh, I drive production uh, in front of house manager. He's got, we've got, got six people on our bus, seven, including me. So you know, everybody's got, you know, their bunk, you know, they've got the junk bunk. So there's lots of room on ours. Yeah. It's nice. And, 
you know, I have a great group. They keep everything nice and clean, you know, which is, which is a plus because I've, I've been on tours where literally, you know, they're eating a cheeseburger and they're done with it. And they just drop it on the floor and that's where it lives. And I'm like, oh. do you do this at your home? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I yell at these people like they're my kids, you know, and I, I will. And, and they just look at you sometimes like, are you talking to me? I'm like, are you damn right? I'm talking to you. It's not right. Um, and, you know, I'm like, this is a $2 million bus. You know, you may live in filth at home, but not here. So it's like, I yeah. go to your car and eat a cheeseburger. And I'm just <laughs> right. your floor, see what you think. Yeah. See what you think and how you act. Uh, you're going to lose your mind. Like I'm about to lose my mind. I'm too. <laughs> what, what is a, I know there's probably no such thing as a typical day, cool, but I don't know if we like pick a day, like you just arrive at the venue and do you typically arrive on the same day as a concert or is it usually the night before or how does that work? I don't even know if there's a typical answer to that, but. <laughs> the uh, typical day uh, in the life of Cole is, uh, so we get there probably about seven, uh, six, seven in the morning uh, to the venue and uh, we'll go ahead and get parked up. We'll have all our parking instruction emails and stuff the night before. So we'll get all the buses parked up. Question. Is there a particular order that the buses have to align Absolutely. in? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and especially with uh, the six buses that we have and now eight coming on, Luke and the band bus always go closest to the stage. And then, you know, then we stagger them how they need to be uh, after that. So. You know, and then if it's smaller groups that come in, uh, that like have like a bus and trailer, then of course we've got to get them right back to the back of the stage so they can unload the trailer. You know, it, it's a it's controlled chaos. Um, literally, I mean, some of these venues are so tiny you would not believe uh, how. Number one, these truck drivers are amazing. Okay, they these guys are are our MVPs in my book, some of them literally, you know, I mean, it's like inches between one another, you know, up at Jones beach where that TikTok video that you saw me, uh, those trucks, I swear to you, were probably that close to one another and at least that close to the front uh, of where, you know, like literally like the beach where it drops mm -hmm. off wow. into the water. I was just amazed. I, and they got four trucks in there and I was just like, holy shit wow <laughs> I, i'm impressed you know i'm not sure i could have like just parked my truck in there regular so as long as the buses don't get scratched up the trailers on the semis and the gear <laughs> yeah. probably get scratched right. up but not the buses yeah and these buses like I, I know you saw in that video that was the uh lady a nico moon tour we had what is it so there's three Lady, there's five buses for Lady A. There's one, a bus and trailer for Nico, a bus and trailer for Carly, a bus for Tennille. So what's, uh, I think there was eight buses total on that. So trying to get those parked in that teeny, teeny little area was just insane. When we finally did get them parked, I mean, they were like, you know, butt up one to next to another, literally as far as a slide would come out. And then you had enough room where someone literally could just walk in between it. And it was and enough where the door on one side would open without hitting. And literally we measured that. So you would be opening your door and have it wide open 
and they would be backing people up to, all right, that's good. You can close your door. So uh, that's good for safety too. I would think in case any riffraff gets over, there couldn't be a lot of people around the bus because they're they're so tight. It sounds like it takes like an hour to park buses. Oh yeah. As precise as they have to be. Yeah. I was going to say, so after you get the, the buses parked and you try to squeeze out of your door. All right. <laughs> now, now what happens? If there's shore power, we'll get hooked up to shore power. Uh, we'll get the slides out. We'll do a quick, you know, clean down of the bus, you know, wipe down stuff on the inside, empty some trash, we'll do a quick sweep, uh, make sure just everything looks, you know, presentable as they're waking up, get your mat out for your door. And then the driver's all will go to catering for breakfast. And uh, breakfast normally starts anywhere from seven to eight. We'll go eat breakfast, get nice and full. And uh, about that time, about nine o'clock, a runner's ready to take us to the hotel. And so we'll all get our stuff and pile in a van or two and head to the hotel. And normally we can get checked in, uh, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to wonder how that works. They call ahead and say, I got some bus drivers coming. Pre-pandemic it was never an issue. You know, now it's become an issue because the hotels still aren't at 100% capacity. Mm -hmm. Their employees aren't anywhere, you know, they're so understaffed to begin with. So at their, you know, 50% capacity or whatever, they're sold out every night because everyone's wanting to travel now. They're all wanting to get out and do something. So they're sold out every night. Like it's a Tuesday night, they're sold out. You know, so you're coming in like on a Wednesday morning and they're like, sorry, we don't have any rooms. And you're like, what? So now what they're really having to do is what they did years ago is they bought us two nights for mm-hmm. uh, that because, I mean, it's literally getting out of hand. Some of these, you know, just recently I was at a festival in just outside of Minneapolis and it was 2.30 before we could get into our rooms and we had to leave that night at nine o'clock, you know, so... I literally was sleeping on the couch in the, I mean, you know, we have a couple of tricks to get into your rooms quicker. Uh, <laughs> some old timers have taught us. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you, if you start to take your clothes off in the lobby, they tend to get to your room quicker. Uh, also, if you start to play porn really loud on your phone. Oh my, or, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when when our next trip, you can't get in your uh, hotel room. And next time hey, we're picking that trick trick up Listen, right now the porno apparently it works. Or the- i don't know which is which i'd rather do but one of them you can <laughs> so do it a friend of mine was like yeah he's like i guess if the clothes thing doesn't work you guess just play porn really loud i was like that's brilliant he's like yeah you're either going to jail or they're getting you to tell them really wow because like my it. buddy started doing it and he's like sir sir you can't do that in here and he's like well then get me a room <laughs> So how long do you usually stay in your hotel room? Like, uh, obviously, you're on sort of third shift. What time so, do you go? Okay, I'm ready to go back. And normally, uh, what we'll do is, you know, we'll get in, we'll get checked in. I will go in, get a shower, and then I go right to bed because I've just eaten a big breakfast. I've carb loaded. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm now ready for bed, so I'll sleep till about, you know, two or three in the afternoon. I'll get up maybe then kind of look for food, you know, what's around for dinner, go back to bed and then get back up around about 10, 30, 11 ish. Cause they're normally depending. We, we normally do best call like around midnight or, you know, lobby call down around like midnight one, 
and then best call is like 2 a.m. Uh, to leave for the next spot. So somebody will pick us up at like 1 a.m. and we'll get us back to the buses and we'll get pack everything up, sweep everything, take the trash, you know, just the reverse kind of thing. Put all the slides in and get everything ready to go. Is there a lot of partying going on the night of a concert or not necessarily? I always wonder that. Like, how much do these artists, you know, well, party thing. on the bus? Or afterwards, um, and you have to kick people out. Like, we're ready to roll. I got to get this <laughs> cleaned up. Get out. You know what's funny is it's not as much as you think I, because I, they're ready to go. They're t- yeah. like artists. Like, they've just put on a show. And they've just wore themselves out. Mm-hmm. Like they're tired. They're like, all right, whew, it was great. You know, yeah, they've got some energy, but they're ready. We do what's called Elvising out. So like, uh, like Elvis has left the building, you know, as soon as the show's over. And that's a lot of like, you know, uh, Lady A, like Dave and, and uh, Charles and Lord, I can't remember her name for the life of Hillary. me. Hillary. Hillary. Mm-hmm. They always, they always Elvis out you know, and we do an Elvis and Priscilla. So Priscilla like hangs out for a little bit and then goes, but that's, that's kind of like our, you know, t- our talk will be like, all right, are you Elvis or Priscilla? You know, that's good. So yeah, a lot of times like Luke and, and the band will Elvis out. And then, you know, because we've got the crew, they've got to pack everything up. So we're, we're the last ones. So, you know, kind of the first one's in the last one's out. So, and then like, you know, Luke or the band will show up later. Normally Luke will just show up later because he, they kind of do their own thing. The rest of us kind of all travel together. So I was going to ask you who, who leads to like, where are we going next? Like what city are we going in? Who's do you plug it in your GPS? Cause that gets emailed to you. Here's our destination. Yeah. If, if you so, pull off for whatever reason, you, this is where you're going. There's um, so there's a couple different like touring apps out there uh, like master tour artist growth. Uh, that the the bands use to uh, basically our central hub of information. I can go on my master tour here and and look at all the you know the Lady A Miko Moon stuff because I was on that tour, and I still do co drive stuff on it. You know, tell you where they're at, what they're doing. You know, all the info for that venue for that day, the directions. Yeah. One and the same thing like with our stuff. You know, it shows up what's what's coming up next, and you know, it gives us you know, where the next venue, the next city, whatever, and the address, we just punch it in. And sometimes we'll have a preferred route that we're going to go. And then the lead driver will send that to us. Or like we get an email from our production manager three or four days before the show, and he'll give us a list, a rundown of everything. Uh, You know, best call is this time. It's here. This is where we're going. Uh, You know, uh, we have to stop in this town and pick this person up and this town and pick this person up. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen on the road where you see like a tour like that where eight buses, like all eight buses in a row because it'd be obvious like, oh, I have to be a tour. Like yeah. it seems like that... you might see one or two because you guys get oh, split up it. or like you said. The problem is, is since we drive at night, you don't really see us. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, they're, well, stealth. True. they're stealth. Yeah. They're Batman. Well, she Priscilla sometime, and you know, you never know if Elvis stays up later. Yeah. So you know, when they when they Elvis out, those you know, the two will go on to the next one, but the rest of us, you know, the, there'll be you know four or five buses that'll you know we all run together in a pack. So, and it's easier because if something happens, right? You know, yeah. Bus break down, you can throw somebody on your bus, and that person stays with the bus and fix. Or there's three people there to fix and put on a new belt or whatever. So 
that just makes it quick. Have you ever had anything like that happen? What's that? An issue, a flat tire or a problem or an accident? (laughs) (laughs) No, I never have it. You're so funny. Uh, (laughs) The very last thing I am is a bus driver. The very first thing I am is a diesel mechanic. And I learned that literally by being on the job. That was one of the the first uh, companies that I ended up working for. It's a small little company uh, up here out of Nashville. Great guy that I worked with, but bless his heart, he just really didn't put the money back into the buses. And they were older buses. And they were hanging on for a life and a prayer to begin (laughs) with. But it made me a better driver because it made me every, every night fix something. And I mean, every night. And um, so I really had an advantage to a lot of other drivers when it came down to it, because I could get the show on the road because I had to. Um, There wasn't a mechanic department. There wasn't, you know, somebody coming out to help me. I had to figure it out. I had to call somebody. He would walk me through something or I was watching a YouTube video and figuring it out or looking at something going, well, if I do this and this, maybe this would work. Okay. So I became MacGyver really quickly. There's not much that I can't fix with uh, some duct tape, some needle nose pliers and some zip ties. Um, and pretty much if I can't teach you that with needle nose pliers, zip ties and duct tape, uh, there's not much hope for you. So, <laughs> And that's the thing. It's like, we have to be able to get us where we need to go. Because if I don't get my artists there, my group there, my, you know, even production crew there, that show doesn't happen. So yeah. you've got to know how, you know, at 4 a.m. on the side of the road to fix that. Talk about stress. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you're not just responsible for everyone's life on the bus. Like, right. show counts on you. Yeah. The show counts on you. It's crazy, you know, some of the things that, that we've we've done and you know like uh i had a tag axle tire blow once and i remember the tour manager looked at me and he's like can we still get there i'm like oh we're getting there you know <laughs> it's like he's like we got to be there in like two hours i'm like i know so you literally you know you lift the air up on it and it it's up in the air now and I, you go throw a chain around it and chain it up and we get there you know now just on two axles instead of three um I've lost tire or whole, you know, wheel hubs on trailers and gone in literally with like three wheels. Um, you, you <laughs> I'd do, like to see that. I'd like to I'd see that. That's incredible. Something. You know, you do what you do to get to the next show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you know, if you can't get there because of that, that's kind of, it's kind of on you, especially if it's something you can fix, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they expect you to, to fix it. So As you got to those belts and, uh, you know, do little things to just make it happen. I'm sure they lose their mind when you come through and fix it and get them there. I'm sure they're just so, so grateful. I got a, I got a question. So some artists own their own buses. Mm-hmm. Obviously work with a company that have a fleet of buses, like for a Luke Combs, for instance, doesn't sound like he owns this bus. It's, you know, leased out from your company, but do they have the ability to customize the interior a little bit? Or... Oh yeah, his is all custom. And so, like, I'm going on tour, and this is the setup that I want, and then you, mm-hmm. then the company redoes the interior of the bus 
to his yeah. specifications. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like you open his main door and it says Luke Combs on the inside. Yeah. And then, you know, he customizes it how he wants it on the inside. And they did that for him. And most of them, they don't want to own the buses, one, because then they're responsible for all the maintenance and whatnot. If you lease the bus, then, you know, the company's responsible for it. Very few these days, like, own their own buses. They just, they prefer to lease them. Yeah. Uh, Make, makes sense. I didn't yeah. know that, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it's, Red Bull is, uh, you know, sort of your go-to drink, trying to stay awake, talking on a phone, which we can appreciate because we're on the road. I got, I, I do a lot of windshield time in my career on the sales. So, you know, cranking up the radio is one of the things I do. Is that something that you do put in headphones and turn yep. on music? And if you do, what kind of music do you listen to? I man, If you were to hijack my, my playlist, it's anything from Mozart to Metallica and everything in between. <laughs> um, and literally, you know, it's it's funny. There'll be you know an old Don Williams song, and then Metallica's next, and then you know, I mean, you're just like, where did that come from? Kind of, you know, like <laughs> Mazzy Star from the early '90s, and then you know, it'll be you know like Tanya Tucker. You know, <laughs> I just I love all kinds. Tell us about your your TikTok guest. Uh, well, first of all, I don't I didn't mention this in the beginning, but. The reason we were lucky enough to kind of tackle Cole Hillman and um, have him uh, on the show today is because I just happened to stumble on his uh, TikTok account. He was posting just a few things about driving a bus. And I was like, wait a minute, I think he's driving buses for country artists. And I I think uh, that TikTok algorithm knows what it's doing. It connects, it connects you with people that you need to be connected with. So I just reached out, asked him if he'd be willing to chat with us, but uh, yeah, tell us about your, your super cool in TikTok special guest. GB. Uh, she's, she has, uh, she's really won a huge place in my heart. Uh, the TikTok grandma, if you don't know her, uh, look up GB and me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, social media. GB stands for, uh, she'll tell you it stands for grand bitch. Uh, that's her, <laughs> her name for herself, but it's really grandma Bobby. Her and her grand Matt are just, uh, these amazing, uh, folks. You know, he started posting some videos just when he would pick her up and just the love kind of he has for her. She raised him and now in her older age, he's taking care of her. She used to try to give him gas money. They call her the gas money grandma. He's like, I don't want your gas money. She's like, take my gas money, you little shit. And uh, that's kind of what made it. <laughs> so I, uh, I saw a video of her really struggling to use a walker and uh, to pick it up and put it down. And I messaged and reached out and asked if I could buy her a rolling walker. And uh, they were just blown away that some stranger would ask to do that. And I said, listen, you know, she reminds me of my grandmother who I lost years ago. And you know, the love that you guys have with each other is just really, you know, it's just so genuine and, and beautiful. And I feel like, you know, I get to see my grandma, you know, through her again. And thank you for sharing her with us. You know, he's like, we get that a lot. You know, she's kind of become everybody's grandma. So they finally let me buy it for her and he surprised her with it and did a video. And kind of overnight, I had, you know, 5,000 followers and I'm not a single video posted. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I became TikTok famous without having a video is my claim to fame. 
then I got to meet them in person about a year later. Uh, unbeknownst to me, my boss had seen, had followed her and saw that I had done this and said, hey, I want to take a bus and I want to take her out for the day and make her feel special and do, you know, take her out to lunch and just take her around on the bus. And uh, we got to do that. And just what a sweetheart, spent the day, got to hear stories of her growing up. And we've offered to do a vacation for them too. They live, uh, she grew up in Winchester, Tennessee. And one of her bucket list items is to get back there. And just with everything going around with the pandemic and stuff, my boss offered to go ahead and, and uh, donate the bus and uh, me and my time to uh, bring them up and to get them. So whenever they're ready, they, uh, they've got to pick some dates and I'm going to take them on a little vacation so she can go and see some of the family. That's fantastic. But, yes. So, but really just a, a, a great family and I'm, I'm glad to be part of their family. And, and, uh, she's, she's a trip. If you don't follow her, you, you really need to, you know, she's, she's a hoot and, and the love they have just with each other is just amazing. So, you know, life goals one day. Yeah, that's right. Well, good for you. Thank I, you for taking the care say is, You know, whoever artist has cool ones, their driver's got to be one lucky artist. <laughs> or crew Absolutely. or whatever tour has right. you on there they're getting an a plus guy yes they are yes they We've are learned a lot i mean we could go I on i mean i we're gonna give them back the time here i know but we gotta be a it's gotta be a part two to this i know maybe yes i got I a lot i got probably a lot more questions but I, here's what i summed up one is you're an a plus guy good heart you listen, you went to the an SEC school, so by my standards, you're okay. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Kentucky grad, so this just so well, Florida always kicks us butt. We, we we've heard you every year. I think what, every three, year three something years now. Yeah, I think we beat you once out of 30 years that a couple of years ago, yeah. then you kick your butt again. But that, <laughs> basketball is another story. Now you guys, yeah. you know. 73 to 7, I believe, is the largest uh, margin ever oh. in a uh, football game and that was when we beat y'all in what 1998 uh yeah listen you crushed our hearts a lot okay, <laughs> he's probably the smartest well most educated bus driver too, marketing degree <laughs> no that's, i that's and you know i wanted to say this earlier cool but that takes a lot of guts i'm so impressed and actually super jealous <laughs> that you had the guts to kind of just completely switch careers, especially so early on to do something that you're passionate about. You're traveling the country. I mean, doing like what fate. you love to do. Like, I God, know. I to drive a truck and he's like, you just did it. I and know. he said, in the trucker life or trucker licenses more. It's harder. Than yeah, that, I'm sure. That's degree. like a so three week just sprint. So whenever you see a truck driver, just remember that. I know. Yeah. I don't so know how they do it. It's, it's, you know, being a truck driver is really hard. Um, it was very, 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 you know, the windshield time, like, you know, you talk about, I call it both a blessing and a curse, you know, for the first three or four months, it was fantastic. You know, I got to just rethink my whole life. Every decision you ever made in your life, you rethink it 900 times to sideways. And then now you have, you know, 364 more days to do that every year. You know I mean? Yeah. You know, like, um, and it's very lonely, you know, and I'm not a good, I don't do good at that whole lonely thing. You know, I'm, I'm a people person. I like to talk to people, I like to be around people. And so it was hard, you know, because sometimes you wouldn't see another person, you know, physically talk to another human being for two or three days in a truck. So, you know, it is hard. And, and I do yeah. give, you know, our truck drivers a lot of props 
these long haul guys, you know, really, really, really um, are out there busting their ass, uh, you know, getting things there for us every day. So I don't think yeah. they deserve the credit that they get. So yeah, mad props. Yes. Absolutely. I had yeah. three hours of windshield time today and I was a little bit lonely <laughs> myself. I hate- and I did a lot of thinking. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Well, Cole, thank you so much for your time. And everybody, you have to go follow Cole on, on TikTok. And it's um, at the Cole Slav driver, correct? And it's K-O-L-E-S-L-A-W driver, the Cole Slav driver. That's my road name is Coleslaw. We all have road names. So everybody, you don't get to pick it. Uh, it gets given to you. Oh. Uh, you're you're kind of stuck with it. So, well, thank you again. We appreciate you so much. We're gonna we're gonna keep track of you. Stay safe out there. Thanks again. We appreciate yeah. you. Thanks, Cole. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, bud. Thanks for listening to the B-Side Podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.